So as part of that journey, I think there's a, there's a lot I picked up uh, talking to people, looking at the data, analyzing the data, uh, you know, about financial instruments, you know, how they come together, um, you know, what uh, I, I would almost recognize at one point, I would recognize just by looking at data without even looking at, uh, you know, a security type, oh, that's a bond, that's a swap. I could I could just look at, look at data and recognize financial instruments without any additional information or descriptions. So I was, I was moving in that direction. What's up, folks? I'm your host, Adley Christoffels, and you're listening to A Curious Life, the show where we delve into how the trait of curiosity has impacted the lives and careers of our guests. Campfire-like discussions that serve as a window into the essence of who they are. Today's guest, Raghav Sukumar, is someone who shares my passion for curiosity with data and is an example of how this trait can lead to uncovering your passion. So listen in to hear how data has led him to discovering a love for the world of investment assets. Welcome to the show, Raghav. Thanks for inviting me, Hadley. It's a pleasure. Always a pleasure to talk to you. So, so Raghav, as you know, you know, this is a show we want to focus on the trait of curiosity uh, uh, and, and the impact that it has had on your life and career as a data professional within that wider ecosystem. Raghav, imagine this, right? We're sitting around a campfire, yeah. starry night, me and you, beer in hand, and you're about to take me on a journey through the life of Raghav. Yeah. Where do we start? Go back to the beginning. Where were you born? Do you have siblings? Um, what was your early life like? Yeah, Hadley, uh, I was born in India, uh, in Bangalore. Um, <clears throat> uh, I have a, a one sibling, uh, an elder brother, uh, about six years older than me, uh, which kind of helps, uh, especially uh, if one has a curious mind the elder one is always doing something that you haven't seen before, a bit more advanced, uh, and so on. So uh, for me, I think and, my and where, where, if you don't mind me asking, where where is he now? Uh, my brother is now in Texas. Okay. Um, so he moved um, probably three four years ago, um, but um, but he's uh, he's been uh, quite a, 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 an influence during my early ages, uh, I would say. <clears throat> cool. And what does he do? So, so he's um, he's a computer engineer as well. Uh, so he's uh, he's been within the software industry for a long time. And um, when I was growing up, probably you know when I was seven or eight, he was uh, he was uh, keen in computers. That kind of uh, played uh, quite an important role. Um, my my parents were entrepreneurs, so there was a, a computer at home, uh, basically back in you know uh, late eighties or even early nineties, I would say. Perfect. And did um, you get exposure to to computers and how they work? What, what, what does he do exactly within computers now? Uh, now he's uh, he works for uh, Dell. Uh, he's um, he's leading uh, program management uh, across uh, a lot of the products uh, globally. Oh, that's fantastic. So so back then, he was already keen and kind of curious to see how these things work and taking it apart. He was. He was, yes. And uh, while he was, you know, uh, learning more about computers and, you know, um, he, he he actually assembled the computer, our computer at home. And uh, me, it was all for me, uh, you know, watching him do it and uh, learning uh, by, by seeing, actually. Uh, that's how I picked up things. And uh, when he wasn't around, uh, I would uh, open it up just to see and then put it back again. 
Um, but awesome. then it, it, and did he ever notice? Uh, no, no. But then the so you did a good was, job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, 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 the next step was um, when you know, I, I, you know, obviously games were a big part, computer games. And uh, back in the day, uh, you had uh, your floppy disks, and uh, used to go pick up one of the floppy disks, go to a friend's place, copy it, and then come back. And um, that's where kind of for me, introduction of you know. Uh, command prompt and, you know, copy commands, simple commands to copy the game and then eventually trigger uh, the game and play them. So uh, that's where I started, uh, you know, actual interaction with, with the PC. And and how old were you around about then? I would say about uh, eight years. Oh, wow. So really early on. And this is you still in primary school getting I was. phenomenal insight into, into, you know, what was then still very early days for computers, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And do you, would you say that this had a, a big impact on, on where you kind of went from there? I would say so. Uh, I think uh, to me, curiosity has a, a few facets, I would say. Um, one is, uh, you know, uh, there is an exploration part to it, which kind of, you know, gives you, um, you know, there is a, there's, a, there's an element of uh, mental stimulation and um, it, it kind of pushes you to the areas where you don't know and try to seek and fill that uh, knowledge gap or information gap, if, if, if I were to put it that way. So, uh, and anything that was new, be it computers in, in this instance, it was, was something unknown to me and what, what we could do with it. Um, and uh, watching either my father work on it or my brother, uh, you know, learning something on top. So, so, so just a second. So your father was actually into computers as well? No, well, when, when I say into computers, uh, because he was running a business, so whether it was to do with, um, you know, moving from typewriters to computers for letters. I see. So the use so of, in his case, it was the use of computers to run his business. Correct. Okay, 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 cool. Perfect. So, so, okay, so, so now we, we've got an eight-year-old Ragov, right? And an eight-year-old Ragov is with his brother on the one side, you know, taking these things apart and looking at what's on the inside of them. Um, and on the other, you have your dad, entrepreneur, create, you know, using software packages, I would imagine, to run his business. And, and take me now kind of from an eight-year-old Ragov that has had this exposure and kind of now throughout, you know, maybe high school heading towards university. What, what, what was that journey like? Yeah, but by the time I, I was in high school, you know, uh, my uh, brother was well finishing college and, you know, we had this computer magazine subscriptions and CDs were, were a new thing. Uh, I think the, the PC, the, or the first one we had didn't have CD drives back then, um, but we used to have the CD. So the first uh, introduction was buying a CD drive and then opening it up. The brother was, you know, installing it. And then the next part was... Uh, oh, we need uh, more content, but we didn't have a CD writer. So uh, eventually I started uh, opening it up, you know, unplugging cables, uh, you know, borrowing uh, CD writers from, you know, friends or people who had it, and then uh, putting it on our machine to install softwares, et cetera. Uh, and then, um, you know, that's, that's, uh, that was pretty much uh, high school to me. So evolving with the, uh, with the technology and computers. Okay, perfect. And and how do you think that experience then shaped what you kind of did at uni? So uh, this this is this was the foundation. So um, you know, for me, uh, uni, I uh, I was very much uh, leaning towards computer science, um, but um, there was uh, another uh, subject area called information science and engineering. 
So instead of going uh, into core computer science, I picked uh, information science, where you know there were there were a few modules on data warehousing, etc. So um, <clears throat> that really you know uh, pushed me. I would say the first step into the data world without actually knowing. You know, uh, 10, 15 years down the line, data was, you know, would be a huge explosion. And, you know, I would very well be part of uh, that ethos. Okay. And and why did you choose that over the engineering route? Again, as I said, I mean, computer science was, uh, you know, has been uh, as, a, as a subject or a degree was, uh, was there for a while. And I knew a lot of people who were going down that route. Uh, again, this element of, oh, this is new, it is related to computers, but there's something over and top of that, which not other people, uh, you know, are taking up. So that, 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 that exploration, again, is, uh, is what pushed me into, um, into information science. And do you think then that's kind of multifaceted? It was both the, the newness of it, but also the fact that it would then differentiate you from uh, a lot of the people going down the kind of computer science route. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, perfect. So now, now we got Uni Ragav, yeah, and Uni Ragav is now starting his 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 differentiated course down this new path. What was the course like? What was the experience like? And and you know, you you'd obviously be learning uh, different layers to what you know, but you'll also be learning completely new things. How did that university experience impact you? Not just from the studies itself, but the people that you met, the professors, the students. You know, how did uni life and and in the context of your course impact you at a later date? Yeah. So uh, for me, uni life is uh, is two parts. Uh, I did my uh, graduation in Bangalore uh, with the engineering degree, and my second part was doing a master's here in in the UK, um, and um, I chose completely, you know, uh, very different subjects again, uh, only because I didn't, I didn't want to go, uh, you know, specialize in a, a particular uh, area within what I had, uh, you know, uh, gone through with information science and engineering. Uh, to me, once I kind of uh, was exposed to a lot of, you know, uh, operating systems, databases, structures, C programming, uh, I knew there was there's something more to just technology and um, I've always been uh, a people's person curious about um, you know how people uh, react at times uh, emotions and why, why somebody reacted that way when there wasn't a necessity right and um, that kind of pushed me into uh, you know uh, wanting to know more about you know uh, people and management uh, so that, so this is why I uh, picked a management degree to um, as my post graduation gotcha. So, so before we get to the postgrad, so before we get to the, the the masters, right? Just up to the end of the course, what what did that kind of look like? What did that thinking process look like um, for you choosing your postgrad and and also choosing the UK? So uh, towards the end of it, um, towards the end of uh, engineering, you know, uh, the last part is the uh, the project. Uh, I, I uh, did a project with the Ministry of Defense um, in India. Cool. That was my uh, project. Uh, we got an opportunity to work on uh, the radar communication between transponder and the receiver. Really? Uh, it was a nice. <laughs> yeah. So part of uh, the project was, you know, without giving out too many details, 
Now that I can remember everything. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you might just have a SWAT team come through your window any minute now. Uh, so yeah, it was it was working on a prototype and and a, and a mock radar and you know passing you know uh, information and data such as the location uh, of, of of a particular aircraft, you know what's the height and you know altitude and azimuth and all sorts of uh, terminologies that I wasn't exposed before. It's kind of you know going into the library and understanding what that actually meant before you actually start analyzing or coding it. Um, so yeah. Excellent. And was was this your kind of first real foray into real world usage and and working with data? Yeah, that that, that was indeed my first one. Yeah. What was your part in that? So what did you actually do? So our part was um, to to build the uh, you know uh, as part of the data communication, uh, you had to take, move the data from uh, let's say point A to point B. Um, with uh, you know collecting information uh, about uh, the actual positioning right so you would have various parameters of the airplane itself yes yeah so that that would actually uh, you know uh, point a would actually give you the location and all the parameters and then uh, pushing it back into uh, point b i'm assuming at that point it wasn't yet streaming technology was it kind of beacons or so communication uh, at, at certain intervals and then it would pick up you know, Correct. Uh, communicated at one point, and then yeah. communicate, and then point B communicate, point C communicate. Yeah. So this was uh, this was fairly uh, you know big project, right? And we were a very 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 small part of it. Still cool to be a part of it, man. Yeah, and we weren't a part of the interfacing or the electronic side of things, but more to do with uh, you know uh, the the software side, um, you know, moving the data uh, from. Uh, from the transponder onto you know the local um, setup in order for it to be analyzed essentially correct okay cool and and when you say we this was a kind of team of of students from your university yeah we, so four of us uh, from uh, who were batchmates uh, we uh, decided to uh, get get in there fantastic and what was the selection criteria like so how did you get in oh uh, <laughs> so uh, uh, how, how did we get in? Uh, obviously, every year, um, you know, uh, they do open up for students for um, having this, you know, four-month uh, project experience. And um, uh, we applied for it. Uh, we had to go through all sorts of security clearance, uh, you know, uh, so that, you know, you get your ID card. And uh, the campus was itself so huge, you had to, you know, park your vehicle outside and, and walk uh about two miles to get to the actual building. Oh. <laughs> so you got your exercise. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Going okay. in and out was two miles, yeah. And that lasted for four months, you say? It was, yeah. yeah. Towards the end of your project? Uh, or rather, towards the, towards the end of your course? It was towards the end of, yeah, end of my course, yeah. That's right. Okay. When did you decide what you want to do? And how did you come to choose the UK? I actually started while I was still uh, while I was in my final year of engineering, uh, in my fourth year. Um, so I was. Uh, my options were, uh, you know, US uh, and UK. Um, so I was while I was in my final year and doing this project, uh, I was taking you know uh, certifications for you know sitting the exam for TOEFL, uh, GRE because there were different criteria for you know applying for various universities for US and UK, 
one of the decision uh, points for me to you know pick UK over US was um, uh, getting the degree in one year as opposed to two. Uh, and over on top of that, I, I got a part scholarship um, as well. So where in the UK did you go to? Uh, I went to University of Wales, Swansea. So you go from Bangalore, big city, to Swansea. Yep. <laughs> right. How long, how long did that take between uh, kind of finishing your university degree in Bangalore and starting your postgrad in Swansea? Uh, uh, I think it was about a year, I think. I would say a, a year uh, between, between the two. Okay, so you had some time. I yeah, I did have some time. Although I started uh, thinking about it um, while uh, you know doing my engineering, uh, I, I kicked the uh, process off quite early. Yeah. Okay. What would you say is kind of some of the most important things to consider when choosing that career, or, or rather, when choosing your degree, the course that you want to do? I think the most uh, important bits are, uh, I think. Uh, the interest, uh, I think one should, uh, if you have interest or, or passion about a particular subject, I think uh, that is more important than, uh, than anything I would say. Um, because if you think about it, uh, it may not be necessary that you, may, uh, you would work in the same area of field, but generally at that point in life, um, I think at least that would be where you would see yourself saying, I want to study this, I want to do that. Whether it happens or not, I think at that point in time, the plan is is, is there. So I think uh, if you follow that, I think uh, one would have a, a bit more structured and uh, a path into the look at least a vision into the you know the next few steps in in the career. Gotcha. So basically, what you're saying is, you know what? At least do something that will make you want to get up in the morning and work at it. Uh, but that might not be where you end up. It, it simply means that for the next n number of years, while you're doing your degree, you're not going to struggle by month two just to be inspired to get up and actually work at it. Exactly. Right? Yep. But it doesn't necessarily define what you'll do Correct. following your degree. I completely yeah. agree with you. There are a lot of things that are not in our control. And, you know, the world changes uh, a fair bit in, in, in a number of years. So what you may be interested in, in uh, may, may be completely outdated or, you know, uh, may not exist at all. So quick aside, what do you think then of education and especially with the quality of free courses and online courses that's available mm -hmm. today? Just a high level. What, what are your thoughts on, on the general system? I think the system itself is changing. Uh, if you look at all the possibilities that are, uh, you know, available today and, you know, within reach for people irrespective of where they are in the world. Um, but I, I also, you know, fairly, you know, strongly believe that, um, you know, going through, you know, a three or four year uh, course is not only to pick up the knowledge that is taught, but, you know, um, just the experience itself going through, you know, your uh, the, the stress of, you know, submitting assignments, doing projects, I think that builds up uh, character and, you know, gives that uh, discipline uh, over and top of just the knowledge or the tool that you learn uh, that you, you, you think to use uh, in the future. I think there is a lot more than just the education that is imparted. That is a fair point. So you're saying that it's not just about what you learn, but it's also about the life skills and how to behave, how to think, mm -hmm. how to be independent. Um, 
you know and and the social element is is uh, is is a big chunk of it i would say i would think so okay and and that also kind of brings me i guess to the fact that there is so much information out there mm-hmm. how do you go about um consuming new information okay so um th- there is always a core uh, interest i would say there is a core interest from where you kind of span out looking for more pieces of the same puzzle i would start with that core um yeah and then uh, you filter as you go in search of the missing pieces of the puzzle you would know as part of the journey what you f- want to filter out and what you are actually looking for you would go through a number of things that it may not interest you but you will have to go through the journey and there is no easy way out you have to go through the journey filter them out and then pick what you need and then you know that is the piece you were looking for and then you plug it in and then you move forward again and you add it's exactly exactly my thinking so essentially what you're saying is you start with a core and add pieces to it right uh, and the core becomes bigger and bigger and bigger but and bigger. it's all integrated rather than disparate pieces of information yeah i think Absolutely. that's fantastic advice okay so so now uh, we got ragav that's that's in swansea may do you want to maybe tell us just quickly about that transition from a, a kid you know just finishing a degree in bangalore to rocking up in swansea what was that like and what was it like kind of landing and integrating uh, i mean uh, for me uh, that was actually you know the first flight journey for me from bangalore to uh, you know london was my first flight journey um then i went to swansea to you know pursue so it was new culture new place new country uh, completely you know uh, living independently on you know in student accommodation um so that itself was is uh, was quite a transformation uh, from you know staying at home with parents to completely independent um the the method of teaching uh, everything that i chose uh, you know there were a few optional modules too but everything i chose had uh, almost nothing to do with what i had learned before <laughs> cool <laughs> so a lot of newness uh, because as as a curious mind you would always want to know more than you know looking at the same uh, thing in more detail than what you had done before uh so you you want to know where where is it coming from right where is it going to why are you doing this to it how does that add to it right yeah and um in in addition to management i knew uh uk is is a huge financial services place and uh i wanted to know more i wanted to jump from technology engineering to finance so like things like you know financial accounting corporate finance strategic management and you know everything that i had done i hadn't done before but i wanted to know more mm-hmm. so i picked everything it was it was a mixture of various things okay cool um but that's how i uh, pieced uh, the course together uh, in over and top of the core modules i had to take um so that was um uni life uh, so so now talk us through from you know your your postgrad your postgrad kind of degree um through to to when you start working Yeah so um after I graduated uh, in Swansea there was a gap of I think I would say about 4 5 months uh where I was uh, you know job hunting so and uh, uh a couple of uh, companies uh, I eventually got uh, you know interviews and and cleared um, but the one I chose was a consultancy um that I wanted to work for and uh, 
one thing that kind of uh, drew me towards it was, you know, this whole uh, concept of boot camp where you would go away uh, to an offsite location and learn a, a whole new programming language uh, and then uh, apply it to, you know, uh, within the financial services industry. To me, that was actually the, the, the consolidating the journey of my bachelor's degree plus what I'd done in my master's. That, that was like the perfect match to bringing them together. So that really drove me towards it. Perfect match. Nice one. And what did they do? Yeah, they, they were a consultancy uh, within, the, within the UK providing services mostly uh, you know, on the data side. Uh, for insurance firms, banks, uh, consolidating data, a large portion of it was, you know, uh, providing SaaS consultants to, you know, integrate data, ETL, analytics. Uh, so they did uh, quite a lot of this. A quick shout out to our sponsor, Heights. In their words... Heights makes smart supplements and clever content with the world's leading experts to help us take care of our brains so it can take care of us. I came across Heights when I set off on a trip, and surprisingly it's still going, where I wanted to take better care of mind, body and soul. So along with doing more exercise, drinking less alcohol, drinking more water, I wanted to be intentional about doing things that would help my mind be sharper. Long story short, I came across Heights and found the short, snappy podcast episodes with qualified experts quite enlightening. But as my wife would no doubt agree, I've always been a huge skeptic when it comes to supplements and never felt compelled to take it regularly. Even my daughter got involved in trying to make sure I take the ones we have at home, <laughs> but not even that helped. Yet, here I was, receptive to new things. So I took the plunge with an initial three-month subscription, and I'm still a customer today and feeling great for it. Now, I have no doubt that how I feel is as a result of all the changes I made, but I am convinced that the supplements is playing its part. So if you want to give it a go too, wander over to yourheights.com and use a Curious Life 10 at the checkout for a 10% discount. So again, just, just for the listeners, right? This is indeed where our paths converge. So you finish this course, right? And you find that... What you've learned through both of these courses perfectly fits into um, this new role that you found delivering real projects into the financial services institutions. How does that get us to today? And, and how, how did curiosity or what part did curiosity play within that journey to where you are now? Right. So um, I think, uh, I'd say, uh, one of the main projects um, that I um, kind of uh, started on was with, uh, with an insurance firm in Birmingham. Um, so part of that was, you know, basically, uh, you know, taking the data, this was to do with you know investment or asset data, uh, taking the data you know uh, ETL, uh, creating ETL jobs using SaaS, um, validating the data. So th there was a lot of work we did on asset data, and as part of uh, you know going through the journey and building uh, you know uh, the platform, uh, implicitly I was. Looking, you know, learning a, a lot more about the asset data itself, as opposed to you know applying the tools to you know uh, move the data from one place to another. Uh, so as part of that journey, I think there's a, there's a lot I picked up uh, talking to people, looking at the data, analyzing the data, 
you know about financial instruments you know how they come together um you know what uh, i i would almost recognize at one point i would recognize just by looking at data without even looking at uh, you know in a security type or oh, that's a bond that's a swap i could i could just look at look at data and recognize financial instruments without any additional information or descriptions so i was i was moving in that direction so so this was kind of a natural a natural uh, lead into where you are now and where you're going from there so big project uh, large uh, insurer and important transformation uh, within the life of this of this insurer and your journey deeper into the world of assets of investment assets uh, to the point as you say you know that you could recognize the different attributes and the different types of uh, asset categories this is part of the beauty of data um you know is that is that you can come to understand industries purely by understanding the data flows purely by looking at the data and being curious and having a mindset of you know exactly that uh where did it come from where is it going to what do you do with it what is that field you know and and that for me is one of the reasons i i am in love with data <laughs> yeah we we share a lot in that area actually <laughs> indeed but but now i want to actually just just stop for a minute right so you've gone by working on this project you're not an actuary you know you 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 a data guy right what is that process like in going from uh etl to becoming an expert with investment assets how did you go about doing that so i think um when you know with, with the project itself there, there is a business objective you're trying to achieve something right and then in order to achieve the business objective um you start to look into you know how do we get there what are the finan- uh, the uh, fund accountants doing what are the uh, you know actually is trying to achieve you you're looking at various objectives of various other people and then uh, even if the objective is to you know hey get the data delivered in this shape and size but you you're having to analyze so much of the data you you are uh, almost going through the journey of um you know uh, okay this is this is how it starts but where did it come from and you know uh, why do they need it uh, okay it's required for you know accounting it's required for going through the actuarial models okay but it's also required for uh regulatory reporting okay so it is the same data yes but it's a different shape and form but you rearrange the same data in different things it it answers different questions for, for from different people so you start to mold the data in more and more different forms and you start to present the same thing and you go oh that's exactly what i was looking for and sometimes uh, no matter how much you kind of um uh you mold it and you shape it and it becomes something else and they go oh there's something missing and then you start to see there must be something missing that's why they, it doesn't seem to work and then you start to look for outside sources okay why is it not working i've gone to the source is the source even right you you start to question the source itself and then then you start to break open that box and there's a whole world out there you're going wow this this is something i need to explore more there's more to this yeah 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 so uh that that really is is how you kind of build on you know from a very small area of 
okay, here's a, a set of uh, assets within a fund to, uh, it, it means this is balancing the liabilities of an insurance firm. Then what is an insurance firm? It's an investor in the whole world of investments. They are one investor. And there is, uh, you know, there's a fund manager outside in some other organization managing all of this. And then how, how does that work? And you start to explore, you're in, suddenly you're in a completely different industry. You went from insurance to fund management That's and right. asset management. And you, you're, you're, you're thinking like, oh, okay, so somebody is then putting the trades and you're going from, from there to where are the trades coming from? Somebody's actually, it, it all goes to, oh, somebody just pushed the trade and then that's gone from one industry to another and it's coming here. And there's front office and back office. And- yeah. <laughs> And then you go, oh, the, where does the regulator come from? Oh, the regulators somewhere across everything wants to see everything all these guys are doing and they're asking for all this information. So you start to see from such a small area to you've just built across the whole industry and overseeing you know, the regulations and the regulator. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is for me, this is, it's, it's a perfect example of how just simply asking questions you know, and wanting to know more or understand more um, helps you actually find your passion. Because, you know, to your point earlier, Raghav, when you started your degree, you knew that it was something that you were passionate about, enough to get through, to get up every morning and finish your course uh, without, you know, struggling to get up, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that has kind of led you through your degree, your post-degree into your first job. And now even narrower, right? This has now led you to the world of investment assets. Yeah. Uh, And now I want to kind of go from, you know, your transition from being, you know, essentially a a consultant that has worked with data and doing analysis and ETL to to an an expert in investment uh, uh, assets, um, and you're still with this consultancy now. So what is the journey then, or, or what is the process from the consultancy and where you were to what you did next? Right. So the last thing I did there was to, you know, um, deliver the solvency to uh, reports. Uh, it was just before, you know, solvency to uh, as a regulation kicked in. And um, one thing I picked up there was uh, we were uh, building these QRT reports uh, to the the spec published by EOPA and um, something was not right in one of the specs, right? Uh, So uh, the description and one of the data points were not aligned. So I had this opportunity to go to this conference where someone from uh, EOPA was actually presenting. And uh, I actually asked a question, hey, by the way, this is what is published in one of these reports that uh, everybody needs to submit. And, um, you know, this was, uh, I think it was the name of the issuer versus then, and then it was describing the issue. So one is talking about the issuer and the other is talking about the security. And um, the the response I received there was, um, that's actually a good question. Nobody's, uh, you know, picked this one up. But since it's all published, uh, just go with the description. Uh, and, you know, that's how it's, uh, you know, it wasn't a formal response. I was never happy with that response I got. So um, that led me to kind of, you know, it, this is, it, it has to be kind of uh, set because it, it's a loose end for me. 
and um, that's where the next thing I wanted to work on was uh, the MIFID II regulation and with the regulator itself. So the next opportunity I had on working on a data and I wanted to make sure we did it right and with the regulator. So I moved from uh, you know this insurance firm to uh, a project uh, with uh, FCA uh, implementing uh, the MIFID II uh, MDP platform for them. So that's that's the transition. Okay, cool. And and then now you're firmly in this world of investment assets and becoming more and more of an expert, right? So so at this point, have you decided? Look, my next career move is going deeper, yeah, and staying within this lane. At at that point, that was the decision I made. So I was uh, slowly drifting away from uh, almost programming into you know business analysis. Uh, SME area of investments. Um, so, uh, you know, getting into uh, FCA uh, to, uh, to work on this project, although it was, you know, uh, it was new technology, new regulation, it was big data, Amazon Web Services. Uh, but what interested me more was, was the business knowledge and the regulation, where I think that's where uh, my passion sits. So, uh, so at this point, you you write at the source of this regulation, right? Um, how did that kind of help you get to a, a better answer, or how did that improve this 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 on this question that you 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 didn't quite feel you had the answer for? So um, you know, this opportunity with uh, you know working at the FCA was to implement the system, uh, you know, to accept uh, transactions and instrument reference data from you know the industry into. Uh, FCA, um, but but came along with that is the whole set of requirements in, in understanding the regulation into system requirements and you know validations around it, and uh, you know the feather in in the in, in that hat for me while I was working there was um, I uh, when, uh, analyzing the requirements I identified uh, a few errors in the in the published um, you know. Uh, Documentation, documentation by ESMA this time, not awesome, Yopa. Dude. <laughs> and uh, I uh, raised this to say, you know, with FCA, hey, I think this this isn't quite right. And um, uh, the the whole flow, and it was I think it was like three or four pages of flow chart where I found out that there's there's something wrong, and these validations don't work, and it doesn't hit, and there's there's loophole there. And um, worked with uh, one of the business SMEs there to prove. I think the first example uh, there that was given, it actually worked and disproved my um, my error. I said, okay, if I pick one <laughs> example, <said>, Oops. <laughs> and then my my kind of uh, response was, okay, so yes, it works, but if I only need one example to prove it doesn't work, to to say it doesn't work and there's something wrong with it, so I picked a, a completely different um, you know asset type, which was a derivative, to go through the chart, and then eventually. You know, found an error. You found one that didn't work. It didn't work. <laughs> you must have been like, phew. <laughs> I was. Uh, and then. You were uh, happy that it was wrong. <laughs> yeah, th- at that point, yes, absolutely. Um, so that was taken away. I think, it, you know, the uh, FCA had to, you know, they took it to, let, to ITMG. Let, 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 me, let me quickly stop you yeah. there, Raghav, just, just for, for the listeners. Um, FCA, EOPA, you know, explain what it is, just very briefly, what is it and how do they all fit together? So uh, EOPA and uh, ESMA are both, uh, you know, European uh, 
regulatory bodies, right? One is for the insurance insurers and you know pension organizations. The other is uh, you know European Securities Markets Authority. So both are European regulators. Uh, they, they put down the rules and 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 uh, of the game. Uh, and basically, every uh, European country would have uh, you know what uh, the regulating body or the national competent authority um, here in this case would be FCA. Uh, or it would be PRA, depending on the regulation, and then those bodies would then govern uh, the financial services uh, in that country. So, so those are the the European bodies, and the and local to the UK would be FCA and PRA. And FCA is Financial Conduct Authority, and then PRA is Prudential Regulatory Authority. Okay, perfect. So now we understand how these bodies fit together. We know what they are. Uh, and we go back to uh, Ragav, who found something, who found some errors within the regulation, the published regulation. Uh, and now you found the security type that validates your theory. Mm -hmm. What happens from there? So from there, uh, I think uh, it was acknowledged that yes, there is an error. So FCA actually, you know, um, took the example. Uh, they also actually asked me to put a, a proposed flowchart with the corrections on how it would, uh, you know, how would you make it actually work? So, uh, put, uh, you know, we put the flowchart together and they took it away to the next ITMG meeting, I think it was, uh, you know, where all the representatives from all the European countries, you know, uh, come together once every two weeks or a month. Uh, in um, so, so pretty big time, dude. Yeah, in <clears throat> uh, come together, I think either in uh, Brussels or Paris, and, you know, they discussed the issue, and within a week or so, I got an email saying that, hey, thanks for raising this, and it, it's going to get um, corrected and republished. Awesome. And Is your name somewhere? No. Is your name somewhere? <laughs> no, but I do, I do have that email uh, saved away. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Okay, awesome. So so now it's kind of to getting towards the end of your time with the consultancy, right? Um, but you're also in a space where you know that this is the world you want to be a part of. Mm -hmm. um, and knowing you, I know that, you know, there, there was there was method behind the madness and you had a you had a path. So you're in this space where you're ready to leave. Right, or you're re you're ready to further your career yep. within this world of investment assets. What happens from there? So uh, from there, um, um, actually, uh, whilst I was I was at FCA, uh, there was another uh, you know assignment uh, I took on, which was uh, another big bank uh, who were providing you know financial services to other insurance firms. Uh, so I was uh, almost running from one building to another for about uh, six to eight months, um, delivering uh, another project uh, there as well, uh, uh, who are providing, you know, asset servicing. So kind of combining the two uh, led me to the, to, the, to the next place, basically where I am now, which is State Street. Um, so the opportunity kind of presented itself where uh, <clears throat> they were uh, looking for someone with uh, this kind of expertise in the market to understand technology, data, um, the business side of things, uh, investments um, uh, within, within State Street, uh, you know, the area uh, called uh, Global Exchange. Um, and within Global Exchange, there's uh, Data GX, or now we, we call ourselves Alpha Data Services. Uh, so, um, so I got in there uh, to almost uh, 
bring everything I had done in the past and you know provide uh, data as a service uh, with uh, from State Street to other financial institutions. Uh, so uh, I've been leading uh, the implementations uh, there at State Street uh, since I moved uh, from FCI. Perfect. And what what would you say are the key things or the key moments that led you to be in this role that you're in right now during your time at State Street? And how long have you been there for for now? Uh, I've been with State Street close to, it's coming up to three years now. Um, What are the key events? I think it's um, starting from, you know, the the project uh, at the insurance firm, going through the journey of understanding because that's where um, a lot of the knowledge uh, actually was was the source for me, uh, working on the data itself, uh, the journey of programming and using the data, uh, analyzing the data. That was, that was a, a key moment. Um, the, the next one was, uh, I would say, uh, working with the uh, FCA and just the sheer scale of the program uh, that we delivered on time. Um, was was another key moment uh, for me. Okay, perfect. And what would you say is or what What are your next steps? What What is it that you wanna that you want to achieve within Straight Street over the next over the next year? Right. So, um, if you think about you know combining everything from consultancy to uh, what uh, most of my time I've done with State Street, uh, I've been on either implementations or you know delivery. If I were to put it in a in a much high level, it's it's delivery, right? That's what we've done in as part of the consultancy that we were both part of, and in my current in in, in the role I was up until uh, December, I would say, uh, it's still delivery from State Street perspective. So I think the next step for me uh, was to move into uh, product management. Uh, which is where I'm transitioning into this year, um, where I would be kind of shaping uh, and working with uh, a lot of the product teams, um, shaping the product and the offering um, as, uh, as part of the service we provide uh, to the financial services industry. Yeah, That's awesome. So essentially you will have uh, a key role in defining the product that State Street will take to market for financial services customers. Yes, and uh, I would be kind of uh, sitting at the table representing uh, EMEA. Yeah. Oh, that's that's fantastic, man. That sounds like an interesting journey. And I mean, that kind of that, that's that's probably where I am right now as well as a focus on data driven products. Um, you know, um, so, so, so Raghav, listen, the value of data within enterprise and society is widely accepted. However, having said that, the full value of analytics has not yet been realized. And I believe that it is our collective responsibility as data professionals to pick up the mantle and do what we can to scale the value that both enterprise and society at large extracts from data going forward. What are the things that you will commit to doing or that you feel you are equipped to do uh, to further that cause? Yeah, so I mean, uh, we've all heard, you know, data is growing at an exponential rate and, you know, uh, every article out there throws out huge numbers in in the way it grows. And uh, that doesn't necessarily mean the bigger, uh, the more the data, the more value, right? It doesn't quite work that way. You know that, I know that. 
so I think the first step in 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 there is uh, taking all the data and uh, and and, there, and with data comes complexity. So the first step for me is to simplify. So the first step is simplification. Uh, once you simplify, it kind of reduce you know clears the noise, and then you start to you know take the next step into how can I take the simplification and turn it into um, you know apply it into opportunities to to deliver either growth or uh, reducing operational you know, say for example re- reducing operational cost so simplica- simplification is the first step uh, with all the data out there and with simplification comes a lot of value uh, because you can actually apply simplification to actual problems um, and solving things perfect so so essentially what you're saying there's a lot of data out there uh, and by simplifying I think you know how I would interpret that is identifying which which data sources are in fact valuable to you for that use case and then once you've understood that understand which data sources to bring together to best solve that problem and bring value to solving that problem absolutely and part of that is storing it the right way for the right purposes that's true too okay perfect thank you for the conversation it was very insightful and i think it will also be very helpful to our listeners um, so one more thing, I love music. I'm no musician, but music is a thing to me that, um, that inspires, that puts me in a certain mindset and has this, the, has the power to, to change mindsets and to help you focus. Right. So for me, it's, a, it's, it's, it's an important part of what inspires curiosity within me. What is a song, uh, or, you know, that, that you would say top of mind, um, what is a song that you that you think inspires curiosity for you? For me, uh, as I as, as I said earlier, you know, curiosity is is a journey. You have to go through it to kind of piece all the you know missing uh, puzzle pieces, and there is no easy way out. So that's the, that's the song. No easy way out from Robert Tepper. Okay, perfect. I haven't heard that one before, but I'm going to go and listen to it immediately afterwards. Mm-hmm. But um, with that said, Raghav, thank you very much for your time. Uh, it was a fantastic conversation. Um, and as always, or until the next time, I bid you adieu. Pleasure being on the show, Handley. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed the show, then please like, share, and subscribe. Original music created by SolarKid, produced by Spotcaster at Boabalb, and branding by Victoria at Generic, a Moaxan company. <laughs>